0: The Great Cricketer is a Twitter stream, it's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know, they've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the Great Cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as
1: possible, at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl, I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row,
0: sledge 15 olds make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ.
2: Oh no, you called me champ!
0: champ yeah! Hello and welcome to the Grade Cricketer <laughs> Podcast on the Diamantina Podcast Network. After two and a half weeks touring the UK, we are back in the land of decent coffee and Scott Morrison Jibes, and we're ready to review lords. Two of us are anyway. We'll talk oh Archer, Smith, Convenient Morality, La Bouchane saving all... And everything in between before catching up with Logie-nominated presenter Trent Copeland to repeat the same talking points, of course, but with better answers from an actual expert. Ask TGC is a litany of blokes wanting internet validation, just imagine that, and will begrudgingly give them exactly that. I'm here with Dave Edwards. Higos, I believe, is asleep recovering from jet lag, as we all are in many ways. So, Dave, hello, and uh, how do you think Higos is doing? <laughs> Mate, you've channelled Higos perfectly
1: there with the enthusiasm at the start of the cast. Really so good, good stuff from you. Um, Higos, mm. where is he? Well, there's no blue ticks. You've been, you've obviously been questioning Higos on the TGC mm. WhatsApp thread as to his whereabouts. And he hasn't actually – well, he hasn't seen any of these messages since I think this morning. I, I'm just looking at it now. I wrote, a, I wrote a WhatsApp question. Fuck it. It's not even a question. Fuck it's good to have good coffee again to the group. Um, no one replied to that gray, for a while. There's
0: there's grey double ticks, not the blues. Yeah, well,
1: I've got the blues for that one. So he saw that, didn't want to answer it. But since then, nothing mm-hmm. from Higos. So he's been MIA for about twelve to fourteen hours. I'm worried. Look, we don't know what's going to happen on this cast, Dave. I mean, we've kind of no. Well, there's no Higos to direct us. I mean, actually, have we done a have we done a cast
0: sans Higos ever? <laughs> Well, not in the great cricketer iteration. Of course we had many casts no, beforehand not. and radio shows beforehand. <laughs> uh ten thousand hours. Yeah. Ten thousand we've do done it ten thousand hours with people don't know that never ever investigate those B sides. But I think we can do it. We can definitely uh, I think so. work something out here. It can get it can go in any direction, really. Uh we were mm. both I mean, we were both at Lord's for a couple of days. We missed a few as oh, well yeah. coming home. Uh, it feels really strange. It feels really jarring to have like been somewhere <laughs> then seeing it on TV at like 3 a.m. in the morning. But, I mean, yeah. I, I guess the drop-down is like it was a thrilling draw. Uh, yeah. You know, like what were your thoughts? Like is Test Cricket back, baby, or what? <laughs>
1: I think it's back, isn't it? I mean, how much play was there really in that test? (laughs) Like, you only need three days to have a thrilling test, it seems. So, geez, I mean, you know, a lot of overheads could be saved if tests were just three matches. But you know, that was my first thought. Well, that was your first thought. Well, I've stolen it. What about the Um, what about the overheads they've saved? (laughs) 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 Always concerned about overheads. I mean, you know that about me. Um, Look, in terms of the tests, mate, I guess it is back, baby, because (laughs) it's all everyone. Is talking about and look, you talked about drop downs and we'll probably go through these drop downs, but you've obviously got to talk about Smith, mm. Archer, Lubashain. I, I really think these are the only things that matter in Test cricket today. Mm. You have
0: to like, you have to sort of drop everything down to three, don't you? I mean, yeah, you know, Test cricket, yeah, sure, yeah. it's full of nuance. PowerPoint decks, yeah, exactly. We'll delivering but capture it in three. three. People PowerPoint. don't remember things in more than three. You need no, three forms no. of communication to get something into somebody's head, and you can also speak oh, yeah. in only co- you know in terms of content. You can only speak in threes. So let's talk about it in that way: Archer, Smith, Shane, <laughs> the three mm. big names from the test. Sure, Stokes scored a ton. Maybe we'll mention it later. Uh, <laughs> Jofra Archer, frightening. Yeah. He's turned the test. He's turned the series on its head. I mean, the whole oh, thing yeah. was about uh, you know acronyms for, for Smith, BSB. You know. Best since Bradman. <laughs> yeah, not talking about bank accounts. I estate. don't like
1: the way that looks because like, I immediately think about my bank account and my net worth, which is negative six hundred thousand dollars after acquiring a
0: mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. That was yeah something similar for me as well. Post this tour we've just had, oh, uh, fuck, man. but but yeah, it was all about sort of best since Bradman, and now yeah. it like Archer just came and basically knocked him the fuck out Didn't with he? respect. Um, yeah. to Smith and there was a few Whoa. I guess there's a few There was a little bit of fallout from that but like just firstly yeah. like is that the first time <laughs> you have watched another bowler be extremely frightening towards an Australian batsman like in your major yeah. memory like we had Kirtley growing up yeah we had we had the Caribbean once or twice but this was this was like facing yeah. a kid three or four years older than you you know like this, this to me elicited <laughs> yeah. the anxiety that you would get like watching the kid with a beard yeah. warm up before the game yeah. who clearly had Early gone through PGs. Cubity.
1: You're 16 you know the the firebrand 20 year old who's just played a bit of ones has the new pill and you're scared
0: shitless yeah and you're watching them warm up for the game like they're bowling off you know well 20 yards on the other side <laughs> of the square and you're <laughs> like oh he's quick and he's only sort oh, of yeah. going 75% like that's what that's a well, they were talking
1: about how quick he was but he really was quick, wasn't he? And, he, you know, miles per hour. Again, that's a weird thing for me, yeah. miles. I'm, I'm used to climbing. i I've Googled, but, I've Googled you know, the,
0: like, equation so many times. Yeah. What is it? Because he was up to, like, 96 point something. Yeah. I never like, actually that's Googled That's, like, 154 point, you know, 15. Or oh, like now that. I get yeah. it.
1: Now I get it. Now that mm. I see it through that prism, now I get it. Exactly. Uh, look, I think, look, mate, Archer is the villain, isn't he? And Smith is the hero. Mm. I mean, this is great redemption narrative for Smith, who's... You know, he's obviously pretty fresh off being suspended for all that sandpaper stuff. But Mm -hmm. now now he's the victim. The tables have turned and we crave pantomime villains. Mm. And now we, Australia, us, the nation, we have one in Archer. And, look, I mean, maybe we can talk about the reactions or his reaction to hitting Smith. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to that. I mean, a fast bowler who laughs Mm. when he hits the premier batsman. I mean, don't worry that the laughing may have been taken out of context. And, Absolutely not. You know, thanks to why some clever that. editing. No, why worry about, you know, rock bottom on The Simpsons when Homer Simpson was portrayed to be a sexual deviant? doesn't matter. It's just what you see. So Archer is now,
0: you know, he's our public enemy and rightly so. <laughs> yeah, so, so you sort of had the same view uh, that, like, he probably maybe it was a, a nervous chuckle, maybe it was just oh, Josh, yeah. Josh Butler saying, you know, you know how cricketers when they talk to each other in private but it's on TV... <laughs> yeah. The um, commentators always say, "Look, it's probably just asking where he's going for dinner that night." <laughs> yeah. know, it's always he had chapel year stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, dinner, yeah. where are we eating? Where are we going for dinner? We're Ed is red as eating. There's no way um, that was saying that with when Warren no, and immediately no. spoke before they got busted out. <laughs> Don't you think?
1: Like, yeah, I mean, his reaction, laughing. I mean, how are you meant to react to, to litting someone? I mean, I only did it very infrequently and, and not at great pace. Like, do you need to train for that? Because it's obviously a muscle memory thing, or just it's you can't control the
0: reaction when you hit someone, or can you? Yeah, like he 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 probably he probably crossed his mind that he'd like seriously injured Steve Smith or even something mm. worse. And it pro- he he's he's young and he's probably just yeah. like nervously laughed at something Josh yeah. Butler said, and then yes, it's been rock bottomed. Uh, by The Simpsons, <laughs> and and we're happy for it because it's the media world we live in. And you've got to make noise to get attention. But um, oh yeah, yeah. So, so that right. is, so let, let's move on. I mean, so Archer knocks Smith out um, of the mm. test, and uh, and yeah. nearly Australia out of the game uh, as a result. Yeah. And now there's a question about whether Smith will play in Leeds. We'll cover that on our Leeds review a uh, Leeds preview, which is the next card. So oh, okay. we're a little bit late uh, because yep. you know we're flying in the air and stuff. But uh, yeah, sorry. So. So Smith, does Smith get booed off the field? Again, did he get rock-bottomed there? I mean, I heard a few different pieces of audio. Sometimes I couldn't hear boos. Others were insisting there were boos. Does it have to be binary? Like, does it have to just be a case of all of Lords booed if, like, three people did? Mm. Yeah, wow yeah. I still haven't got
1: confirmation on who booed or did they kick someone out? Well, I think it was an MCC yeah. member that was the booer. I mean, someone has to be identified. You've got to finger point at one person at all times. Yeah. I think, you know, more broadly speaking about booing, like we obviously have a real problem in sport with booing and there's obviously the argument that goes around that if you pay your money, you can boo anyone or anything you like, <laughs> you know, as if paying for a ticket – at market price gives you the right to act like a fucking sociopath. Mm. <laughs> like, and that's fine. You know, you're not Greg from accounts. You don't earn 55K a year to type information into a database. You you are the team you support and you fucking can say what you want. You can boo whoever you want.
0: Mm. So you're, def- fuckwits, you're defending obviously. the rights of booers, obviously.
1: No, well, I mean, look, everyone thinks you're a fuckwit if you boo. I mean, mm. if you need to boo a player in order to feel something, then that's your problem and there's probably some things lacking in your life, probably emotional relationships, mm-hmm. firstly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've probably got three burner accounts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got an egg profile pic for each of them and you issue hate speech on a range of topics. In mm-hmm. real life, you're getting absolutely nowhere and that's just your, that's just your journey. Mm.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, like, I don't know whether to confess this, but I oh, went to on. Um, soccer... Safe cruise. space. <laughs> This is a really safe space. No, you're right. This thank is not you. The and thank you for encouraging this safe space that we're <laughs> yeah, yeah. currently on. Um, I went to the Socceroos versus Uruguay in 2005. Uh, it was oh, World Cup a qualifier. Uh, it was the greatest sporting event I've ever seen. Mm. For those who aren't aware of the background, most people will be aware. But um, if Australia were to win this game at home, they would progress to the World Cup for the first time yep. in kind of, I think it was 30 years since Johnny yep. Warren had been Johnny there. Warren. And, uh, since 1974, you know, curse has been lifted, etc. Playing against you know this sort of cunning South American team, I'm oh, leaning scary. on stereotypes because that's what we do in Australia. But mm. um, and I still remember <laughs> at, at uh, the Olympic Stadium at the time, um, the, everyone booed the Uruguayan national anthem, uh, including <laughs> like me. Is nothing in, sacred? Including your correspondent, and <laughs> I, I just felt swept up in the primal nature of that event. Yeah. And uh, I look back, and you know, yeah. I'm far more. Game hasn't even off. started. <laughs> exactly,
1: <laughs> naturally, I not
0: get it. But it was kind of like it's destiny. It's just primal. We don't care. All bets yeah. are off. All like morality is, is off. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. I spent too much time like watching Australia lose in like scary South American qualifiers in the past with grainy yeah. footage and like dark, yeah. um, like yeah. dark lights. You know, and yeah. uh, scary yeah. crowds. Was like no, this, yep. this is our time. And mm. anyway, I. I just wonder if, like, do you dumb feel
1: that like a little that bit now watching? Smith? I mean, I know that we were at Lord's, you know, mm. for, a, for a portion of mm. it. We, we weren't actually there on the day that Smith got hit. But is it seeing it on a broadcast that isn't your home broadcast? Does that elicit more kind of nationalism in you that, that Smith was hurt? Whereas, you know, if Smith had been hit, you know, at the MCG on Boxing Day, because he's in a different country, it's far away. Far it away our boys are home. away. It's scary.
0: We're not far from Gallipoli. You know, a lot of atrocities happened. Unknown soldier stuff, exactly. And well, that's right. Look, maybe, maybe, maybe that's right. Uh, You feel too far away, so the only way you can kind of feel like you can contribute is to get onto Twitter and write something in under two hundred and eighty characters. Yep. Uh, And then you can feel like you've Mm. sort of had your say and and played your part, (laughs) uh, as many people are doing at the moment. I don't Mm. know, Dave, uh, but um, I guess. But these are the moral ashes, aren't
1: they? These I mean, are the moral it's not ashes. just the ashes on the line. It's, it's a fight for moral supremacy, and we're seeing that online. You know, Smith booze, justified mm. or not. Mm. Archer, did he have the correct reaction to Lidding Smith? Mm. There's just so much moralising going on this ashes online, and
0: I'm all for it. Oh, Obviously, all for Trumpism has I mean, I mean, infected and, and cricket. One, like one piece of um, moralising that I do welcome is the uh, extreme care that the um, that the English folk from from journalists to players to the public, are showing for um, Smith's recovery and kind of oh, yeah. insisting lovely, that look, he does yeah. need to look after himself and for that reason, it's mm. probably best that he doesn't play uh, at Hittingley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's very kind of them, yeah. I think to uh, I think to, so, to yeah. make that really clear and to, you know in the face of what's been a very hostile ashes with a lot on the yep. line, to just ensure that those concussion protocols are properly enforced for safety reasons, should I should <laughs> um, add. Although yeah, yeah. news to hand, it's it, it's it seems to be emerging that he's not going to play in Leeds. There's a few pictures coming through of a glum Smith with Langer's arm around him. Oh, uh, he may not have passed his tests. So um, that's uh,
1: news to me. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's
0: it's just
1: not it's, to sound like an uninformed dipshit, but.
0: I didn't. I didn't get online. I've seen but one you're, picture. You're breaking this news to me. I've oh, seen I one picture, and by the time this goes to where Smith will probably been named uh, for the side handling. So, yep. Um, yep. so well, yeah.
2: So if he
1: doesn't, if you know, if your mail is accurate, mm. that obviously paves the way for a, a Labuschagne. Well, he may have played regardless, mm. but a Labuschagne or Shakni mm. return to the fold, not as a sub, not as a concussion sub, or like-for-like like substitution, but an actual number four or number three batsman for Australia at Leeds.
0: Mate, like, okay, so we've given Labuschagne just an inordinate amount of shit uh, on this cast. It really has been inordinate. In this this enterprise has um, has really latched onto Labuschagne uh, as the kind of symbol of the, like, evolving Australian yeah. culture. You know, in the past it was the hawkish kingdom of Alphas, obviously, under Lehman. You get in with yep. chests and pipes. I'm saying all this with my eyes closed. By the yeah, way, yeah, yeah, but looking um, down slightly, <laughs> just, just under to pay, your eyelids, exactly. <laughs> my eyelids are flapping about uh, <laughs> horrifically. But um, and now Labuschagne is kind of under the Langer tutelage of the spiritual faith, the Langer family,
1: yeah, like um, the Manson
0: family, new age. That's right, like a you know muscle top interview yoga instructor, cert four yoga instructor style yeah. of player with an eagle at the bottom of his back. Uh, and mm-hmm. we've kind of, you know, expressed a bit of mirth about this. This isn't the Australia we know. This is not the great cricket that we know. And yet, yeah. he comes out as a sub, facing the guy that knocks out the best since Bradman, changes yeah. the series, you know, turns it on a dime, if you will, oh. and gets smashed in the grill. Second ball, <laughs> Australia's, you know, trying to scale their Everest in this historic yeah. series for them. The way he jumped up after getting oh. hit on the grill as well, like he yeah. could
1: not have gotten up quicker. That was fucking like a boxer being hit and just getting up immediately before
0: anyone comes in to it was you know check on his health. I Man, it was uh, it was classical rubbish, you know as they say. Oh yeah, I, I did enjoy um, Jeff Fleming's description of it being like a cartoon character under an anvil. Um, it was <laughs> it was true. He like he really bounced the fuck up, and yeah. um, but he played an epic innings uh, after that. I, I did I did, I was like mm. I was uh, quite like compelled. The whole thing Like the, his technique His toughness His clear relish Of that situation Like other guys Looked a bit scared Genuinely Like you yeah. don't normally see that Other blokes Just want to spoon one to cover And get the fuck out get of the
1: there Get the fuck out of, out of there I want to see when This is my time exactly. you know, I believe in God I believe in every. <laughs> I believe in religion And shit It fucking seems to be working Mate, I mean he's I was
0: thinking about it When he was out there I was like I wonder how much He's thinking about God
1: you know, and, and I tell
0: Can I just say it gave it gave me a little bit of uh, hope. <laughs> uh,
1: this is a safe space, right? Yeah, it's a safe space. I mean, <laughs> I immediately really got talking, on my Kindle. I got on my Kindle and downloaded the Bible. It's only ten bucks on Kindle, and um, worth every page. I mean, he must have had because he went out there with true belief. I yeah. mean, you're right. Everything was stacked against him. Day five, Archer bowling, fucking 180 kilometers an hour, or whatever. He went out there with belief and maybe that's something that, you know, snarky internet guys who, you know, write mm. tweets in lowercase just don't have. You know, belief and a belief in something. I mean, I find it hard to believe in God personally, given, you know, that life is essentially a sequence of random events and
0: mm.
1: we live in the age of big data where we're constantly searching for meaningful patterns to derive insights into shit. But maybe we just need to take a leaf from Langer's book and, and Shane. the Bible that is. We'll put, it, I mean, put it this
0: way, if you want someone batting for your life or let's just say to win the Ashes, both are the same thing, especially if you consider yep, Steve Smith's life and ashes and things, same thing, yep. would you prefer a huge God-botherer or a snarky lowercase um, internet-speak guy <laughs> you know, from Twitter? <laughs> Presume um, that everything else is the same in terms of their technique. Yeah,
1: Do you want those the those God are guy? Those two very, very diverse options you're giving me. Yeah. No, I think um, mate, I'm I'm a manas devotee. Me too. I've, I'm He's changed the I've answer. Changed. He's the secret. Yeah, mm. the secret. Remember that book, Power mm. of Positive Thinking, Law of Attraction. You can manifest good shit if you think positively. Mm. I'm going to get into it and
0: manifest and thank destiny Manus for it. Manifest destiny, that's it. Mm. Uh, did you did you see uh, Joe Roots claim it? Catch? Got any chance? Did you, did you catch any of that? No. It was, oh, it was just a nice. It was just a good. Um, that this was how Manus got out. He was on fifty nine. Oh, sort of sh- didn't realise it was root. I did see it. Yeah, it was a good claim. It. Yeah,
1: really. good. Always claim it. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and yeah, Except like when just there's like eighty six cameras, you know, from various angles. What was that, that whole can conversation of like expose you? But the but the fielder knows. Well, they don't always know. You know, you can mm. dive forward. Mm. It's all a bit of a blur, and you're like, no, my fielder Who are the
1: proponents hundred? of the the fielder always knows? philosophy, mm. but I'm sure it's the names that, you know, his chapter would chapel, would, he would always have known, wouldn't he? <laughs> Healy, he'd
0: have known. Like Warnie, t- would Warnie have known? It's the type of bounce you get as well. It's a, it's a whole thing. Uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there was a pretty decent bounce, but also I'm sure that mm. Joe Root was like, you yeah, know, I got it, so I'm going to put my finger up and I'd like yeah. um, my team to win this game. And similarly, well, so much
1: would have been happening you know, The wind would have been whistling through his ears exactly. His eyes wouldn't have been looking at the ball There's so many reasons closed. why he might not have known I mean, you've got to, you've
0: got to forgive him for that mm. Happened to any of us Exactly uh, Okay, so uh, Ben Stokes, great 100 Sorry to the English people there I watched it, it was fantastic He blunted Nathan mm. Lyon He rendered him insipid uh, And gave England a chance of winning uh, I just thought we might quickly talk Before we talk to um, to Coco which is, which is what he's asked mm. us to call him uh, maybe just a, a brief word on our just on our Lord's experience. It doesn't include reflections on oh, yeah. lunch because no member of the public gives a fuck what people eat at lunch for free. Uh, <laughs> Not as good response. as Edgebaston though, mate. Yeah, Come um, on, Jesus you know,
1: Christ! Just just to completely, you know, talk about things that are inaccessible to ninety nine yeah, point nine well, people who are this
0: podcast. Yeah. People love listening to that stuff. Oh, tell us about your free lunch. Uh, Tell us about the rest of Lords, though, just to to keep Mm. the exclusivity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, take take us into Lords. It's just people wearing some... uh, Think of like SCG members times 10 with preppiness.
1: Oh, fucking... People in London are so preppy, Mm. aren't they? Like, I was actually staying in Dulwich while I was there, which, Mm. you know, some of our listeners might be familiar with. And that is just... Preppy as fuck Mm. And everyone's just walking around With nice haircuts Good skin You know Collared shirts with logos on them Like polos and stuff And You just In the summer There's just nowhere Better to be I mean you obviously feel like A a massive intruder As as I do from Australia And as I felt At Lord's um, amongst these mainly beautiful people, some absolute fucking... I feel reunions, like the intruder for in Australia too, but this is, it's a different social and political different issue. But, there well, that's a different cast that we do. But, I mean, oh, it was a nice day. It wasn't the weather came out. I mean, we were only there for for day two, you and I. Um, but, you know, that was a full day's play. Sun was out. Uh, it was busy, wasn't it? And we even got recognised by a few people, which was startling mm. um, and and confronting, And mm. but, you know... Please DM us the photos. We'd love to see them that mm. you took with us. Um, but we had a great day out. Like Lords is fantastic. I mean, it's the home of cricket. Um, and and what I mean? What were your what were your takeaways from a
0: day at Lords? Like it was a total bucket list thing to be able to do uh, in my life to see Australia versus England at Lords. And I d- I turned up on day one for the entire day's play, where it pretty much pissed down, and there was never a chance mm. of play. Uh, yep. But that's life, isn't it? A series of random events, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it made it, man, it's great. It, and it was, it was, it's great that it was a special test match. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an incredible series. And yeah, like it's, there are a lot of, like, you know, it's, it, it, it is the kind of, it's the upper class ground. And people are there. Like, was there anything it, that surprised you about, about Lords? Um, well, the slope didn't. <laughs> uh, the slope didn't, as I'd seen it before. Oh, just, just like one word on the slope, though. Uh, like yeah, th- this is getting super because because sort of being anti-slope chat is a bit elitist in itself. Mm. It's kind of like yeah, we're yeah. aware
1: internet shit. Like,
0: uh, like like my dad told me that he used to like he would he's never been to Lords before. He loves cricket, and mm. he used to go to like the Lane Cove Library in the nineteen sixties and be fascinated as a little boy by stories of the slope. And like, and it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't come it was across. the interwar years, yeah, it was a different time. It was a different time, and there were and there were fewer things to do. He couldn't write in lowercase yeah. internet speak on Twitter and stuff like that. He just went to the library and read about <laughs> cricket. And like, you, you do go there and you see, and you are like, this is, this is actually a problem. This is this is messed up that there is even a field like this. Is this regulation? Yeah. Is this even? Is this possible? I mean- is this dangerous?
1: Uh, yeah. But, you know, they've managed I mean, that's to, what we think uh, as Australians Because everything needs to be hard, flat and yeah, you know, standardised s- Get a fucking set square out between mm. the boundary and the grass And, you know, every flat surface in Australia Either has a cricket pitch on it Or a block of Meriton apartments This mm-hmm. is what we do with, with flat areas in Australia But Correct. in England, you can have a cricket ground Where there's a massive gradient mm. on it and, and sometimes even a fucking tree on the field I mean, mm. they'll play around it In Australia, we would bulldoze that tree um, that's just what we do in Australia. So mm. it, I enjoyed the quaintness of mm. the slope um, and I don't enjoy talking about it every three minutes, mm. but I enjoy it as a as a thing to look at mm. um, and that's what I think about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, coming up next. <laughs> coming up next, uh, Logie nominated presenter, uh, New South Wales fast bowler, leading ship wicket taker of the year and uh, unfortunate to miss out. On the Ashes squad Trent Copeland Look to be honest I don't try and take the piss too much But
1: the problem is You start to get a little bit bored So I sort of I used to hate that I sort (laughs) of uh, I try and do the right thing By the competition I must admit When I go there I try and play conventionally But realistically I'm thinking From ball one I just want to park this fucking thing Into the car park (laughs) (laughs) But you don't want to come out of it And people say Look at that arsehole Hodgie You know So Yeah,
0: what a prick. Um, But, yeah, I
1: mean, it's good fun.
0: Well, I think this is his second appearance on the TGC cast, possibly third, but uh, this man also did a number of live shows with us last summer. Uh, he's since been nominated for a Logie. Uh, he's obviously one of the best presenters on Channel 7 Cricket. He's probably one of the best presenters in world cricket, and I'm just surprised he's talking to us at all. Uh, I'm sure his <laughs> fee for live shows this summer will be far higher. I'm talking about Trent uh, Copeland. Trent, welcome to The Great Cricketer.
2: Thanks for having me again, lads. Um, privileged
0: <laughs> you sort of you stumbled <laughs> over the privilege word you said. Yeah. um uh, sorry um Higos couldn't be here as well and and I should say for the listeners out there that um you're on the sunshine coast at the moment it's about eight thirty at night it's probably a beautiful a balmy evening up there uh, many people are in the uk at the moment braving uh, a little bit of rain some uh, gloomy weather what are you doing up there uh well firstly cheers,
2: Higos. uh yeah, week as piss. Literally. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, we move on. Uh, Yeah, we're up here for a New South Wales Blues pre-season camp. We've got a whole squad, all our support staff up here, staying just across the road from the beach. Uh, It's been mid to late 20s every day. I am looking like a beach route at the Mm -hmm. moment, but uh, it's been great, actually.
1: Trent, we're going to get into the ashes in a big way now. I mean... Uh, scott morrison has weighed into the discussion on twitter and obviously you know something has hit fever pitch in terms of triggering the emotions of <laughs> barbecue land australia when when scomo gets involved but what's you, what's your take on the um you know the brewing hostilities between england and australia and i guess the fallout from um from archer's spell against smith i mean what was your take on the whole uh the whole situation
2: Well, honestly, it's been one of the most gripping series that I can recall, probably since the 2005 Ashes. I don't know what you guys think, but uh, having been over there, but certainly watching from the lounge room and uh, talking amongst cricketers back here, it is one of those ones where you intend to go to bed at 10.30, 11 o'clock at night, and you find yourself looking at the clock and all of a sudden it's 3am. It's... (laughs) <laughs> been brilliant to Terrible for the economy. Right yeah, productivity is an yeah. <laughs> all time low in Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, look, it's it's been you know great of Steve Smith, the stuff that he's achieving, and it, I mean it's uh, really a huge shame for the series that he's going to miss the third test. Um, but look, what he is achieving having twelve months off from the game and then coming back, going hundred, hundred, and then ninety. Uh, and it took uh, a really nasty blow for him to be sort of knocked out of that game. So, uh, that, uh, as well as Joffrey Archer um, bursting onto the scene in his test debut, I mean, I wrote an article last week about, I genuinely think that could be the missing piece that England have needed alongside Anderson and Broad for a long time. They could be looking at some, you know, world domination coming up, which is painful to say.
0: Mate, can you just, as a pro cricketer, can you just, uh, you know, a a test cricketer, like give a bit of an insight into what someone like Joffre Archer does to an opposition? Because if you just look at the face of his figures for the last test, he took five wickets. It's obviously, that's a great return for someone on debut, but it was so much more than that. I mean, you know, personally, I hadn't seen Australian batsmen so rushed in almost living memory for me uh you know, is that how you saw it as well? I mean, how how big an impact was it and what do you think it does to the series?
2: Well, yeah, I think it's just the attitude and the, you, you could almost feel the energy around the contest when he was bowling, uh, much like the Mitchell Johnson spells of yesteryear. Uh, it, it just had that little aura of uh, it, guys not wanting to be out there facing it. Uh, particularly in the dark and, and when there was some really bowler-friendly conditions. Um, he just looks like he's got that X factor that uh, we often have um, in our Australian lineups. and, and closing out an in innings is going to be big for them. They've always had skill with the new ball. They've always had good spin bowlers to go with those quicks, but having someone like Joffre, like we have with Stark and Pattinson and, and Cummins and guys like that, where you can just knock over 9-10 jack in a flash. Mm. Uh, The one thing I have thought about over the last couple of days is, in my work in our favour, the English batters might get uh, a little rusty because there's no one putting their hands up to bat in his net. That is for (laughs) sure.
1: Especially in fast-fading light at 6pm. He's blowing off 18 yards. Um, Look, I mean, just put yourself into the Australian camp for a moment, Trent. I mean, look, if what happened to Steve Smith, like, if that doesn't heighten their resolve, I mean, we've got a reason now to go out and, and defy something and, and do it for Steve Smith. I mean, we saw it with Bradman, 1930s thirds with Bodyline, body line, and that he was mortal. And I guess we've now seen that Steve Smith is is mortal too. I mean, what do you think the impact of, of what's happened to him will be on the Australian dressing room?
2: Yeah, look, it'll be massive. I mean, you think back to the test matches in the last 12 months where we haven't had uh, David Warner and Steve Smith it's It's been tough work. There's been guys asked to step up and be dominant players scoring big hundreds that have never had to do it before. So that's going to be a challenge. You know what I love, though, uh, was Big Marnus walks in, gets hit in the melon second ball, uh, jumped up like a karate fighter uh, straight away after getting hit, and then went on to get, uh, you know, a really important 59 in that second inning. So... I mean, it it may be a little bit of let's everyone stand up for Steve Smith, but there might be a little bit of uh, you know the rest of the dressing room realizing how desperate some other guys are to get into that team, Uh, and having someone do that could be you know bloody Mm. inspirational, really. Well, this
0: like I think that's a really good point, Trent. Like when when we're over in the UK, we just saw endless articles about. How, because of the fear about Steve Smith endless articles talking about how to get him out you know there were psychologists weighing in there were people with all sorts of different tactical <laughs> views uh, you know some even suggested you got to play to his OCD which I thought was a little bit yep. um, that was trivialising actually quite a serious disease but um, how would you do it in reverse for, for Joffrey Arch like can you, can you give the like the optimistic perspective around how you might get on top of him and start dealing with him because uh, it, you know he, he looked to have the measure of just about everybody, apart from minus, in the last match. Like you know, what, what's what's the positive view on how to um, how to defeat or mm. overcome the big boss, Joffrey Archer, mm. make us feel good?
2: <laughs> well, I guess the the danger for England is that he could actually feel like he's in a zone where he's untouchable um, on the back of one game, and the Aussies can really play on that. I, I think uh, you know he's a he's a quality bowler, but he's also a very inexperienced bowler. Um, so if he's put into that limelight where he wants to come on and, and maybe just misread the situation if I was too short, um, in a situation where someone like Travis Head could get away on the scoreboard or David Warner, you know, gets mm-hmm. those early boundaries away and it kick-starts him into a world-class innings we know he's, all, you know, he's definitely mm-hmm. capable of. So I'd say that it'd be that. The, the Aussie change room would be talking about the fact that he bowled around about 50 overs for 79 runs or whatever it was, uh, really didn't put scoreboard pressure on him. So I would have thought that, you know, guys, go out there and play your natural game. Take him on. Uh, you know, he's coming full full head of steam at you. Go back at him.
1: Yeah, just, just bat a metre out of your crease and just, just take him on. I mean, <laughs> that's it. what I would do. Yeah, and you, what, you
2: know what? It's, it's, it's easy for me to say that because I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What about um, uh, what about David Warner, Trent? I mean, the, the, what's wrong with David? What's wrong with him? The, the, the thinking is now that if you're <laughs> going to make a single-figure score, then you may as well go out blazing. And everyone's just saying, "Look, he's just got to go out and play his natural game. He's got to go out and just start smashing guys everywhere." It's surely a little bit more complicated than that. Like, what what advice are you giving David, as you would have given him the last few days with our endless text messages?
2: Yeah, uh, I guess. The same as you give any opening batsman in a Test series in England. Don't freak out. I think back yourself. Back yourself that you know you've scored a mound of runs over a long career. Uh, I think that guys on the other side of you know the ledger in this England team are struggling as well for runs. Uh, it's just been that their you know, key moments they've probably just held it together like Ben Stokes the other day. So look, I, I think he and Cameron Bancroft, uh, if he's selected for the third Test. You know, they, they should back themselves in. Uh, it, it only takes sort of 30 yeah. balls to get back into Nick. Um, well, certainly that's what I tell myself when I keep missing them. Um, so, uh, look, I think he's certainly got big runs around the corner. It's,
1: it's interesting you say that about, um, you know, the way to get back is just to remember the times that you were dominant. I think I've seen some other commentators talk about, you know, how Davy Warner just needs to, you know, watch some highlights of when he was you know, smacking balls around the park. Is is that what you do when you're kind of down in the dumps? Do you kind of turn on, <laughs> you know, footage of you taking five? Like, does David Warner literally need to lock himself in his hotel room and watch six hours of David Warner classics on YouTube, As curated by Rob slash well, Rob
2: Possibly. I've actually got quite a funny story about that. Today, sitting down in the morning session where a couple of us weren't involved in the center wicket scenario, and one of them was Steve O'Keefe, uh, hmm. who notably tells me that, you guys told him that he was a much better guest than me on the live show. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> oh my but God. We he, say that to he, everyone, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was, he was talking about, you know, some of the guys and their ball striking in the middle, you know, clearing the pickets. And he's like, oh, I used to be able to do that. And I was like, well, what, are, uh, what is it that, that you did back then? And I remember this big toe tap that he used to do and then just clear the fence <laughs> at will against the likes of Dirk Nannis and so he got up highlights of himself batting. Next minute, he's in the nets, and all you can hear from 50 metres away is, sucking, I'm back, boys, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it might be that. I
0: have the same thing with work, actually, if I'm down in the dumps, I just go through <laughs> my best emails uh, ever. But um, what, uh, uh, I mean, what do you do? I mean, Trent, you know, Joe Roots, catch, obviously, one of the great claimants of all time. Uh, thoughts?
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Andy Bickle didn't uh didn't hold back today, I noticed. Um so that was interesting. Oh, look, uh I've I've been known to claim them when they bounce in grey cricket. Um just depends on your opposition, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm only joking. I'm,
0: yeah. No, no, you've, yeah. just, you've just lost your job. Um, uh, tread, sorry, it's starting to get silly. You're just, you've just been really nice and generous and uh, giving us your time while you're up on the Sunshine Coast where you could be doing far better things. So um, thank you very much uh, for that analysis. And, I mean, we can obviously catch you on Channel 7 this summer, can't we? You would have been, the, you would have been one of the first signed up uh, for the entire broadcast.
2: Well, they actually put me on hold with my negotiations to make sure they got the TGC boys back. So uh, nice hopefully you guys are locked yeah. in
1: and I will then too. Well, they put us on hold as well, just indefinitely. Yeah. We, haven't, we haven't heard
2: <laughs> it <yet> whatsoever. <laughs> Still waiting. Uh, yeah, all uh, well, good luck with it, lads. Hopefully I'll get there too.
0: Thanks, mate. Thanks, Trent. Appreciate mate, it. Cheers. It's that time of the show, Dave, where we pay homage, homage to uh, our great mates at Budgie Smuggler who made our UK tour uh, possible. What we're focusing on and we have for the last couple of weeks is custom smugglers. It's not enough in this this world to accept, uh, you know, one-way mono-style communication. You know that. Free-to-air TV is dead. Uh, Off-the-shelf products are dead.
1: You know, it's all about customising and configuring what you want, when you want. It's
0: about being part of the conversation. It's about contributing to democracy. Uh, you know, this is, um, we're we're all in this together. And that's why Budgie Smuggler, intelligent innovators at Budgie Smuggler have created custom smugglers. It's not their designs you're taking. You're not taking designs from Reg Mombasa. You're not taking boutique designs from unknown Melbourne artists at marked up prices. Mm. You're getting your own design in there, whatever it is that you want on a Budgie Smuggler. And I know when you go for a swim and I know when you go to the beach and I know when you're at home or in any kind of, you know, private sexual tryst. You want your own design on your smugglers. (laughs) Mm. You
1: don't don't want... You do, don't you? You don't want something from Lisa Ho. You want to feel comfortable. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I I love it. You don't have to be a designer these days. You don't have to have any kind of skills. You don't have to be a journalist. The citizen journalism for that. Mm. Just make your own stuff. Bring a file to to Budgie. Mm. They'll sort it out. Just bring your idea to them and they'll make it happen. This isn't
0: web 1.0 or even 2.0 anymore. No. This is, no. This is, this is, the, this is the full gamut. You're, you're in charge. You're driving now in life. You're driving in life as There's you There's not love. many
1: cha- chances in life to take charge like mm. this. I mean, we live in an ever-evolving world, mm. which is fast and furious and scary at mm. times. One thing that is comforting is to know that, you know, the swimmers, the swimwear that you put on, you're behind mm. that. You've created That's that. That's right. That's your chance to kind of put your own stamp on
0: what you wear. And and you would agree, particularly in your line of business, Dave, that it's just not enough anymore in business to be dictating to the consumer what it is they will consume. They must be able to customise. They must be able to make it bespoke to them and their life. And that's what the good people at Budget Smuggler are doing with their smugglers. Mm. (laughs) Customer's king, always said that. Lots of laughs as well. I love I love the, the um the Twitter account. It's great. I follow it um a great deal and even while I understand not only not, not even half of it, I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> what perfect endorsement could you have? Okay, it's so that time, it's Ask TGC, you know what to expect, or do you? Let's just roll around in the mud of um usually male dysfunction. Okay, anonymous. Yeah writes in. Dear Ask TGC. I'm a 35-year-old married man with a 15-month-old daughter. I've got a reasonable job, a wide circle of friends, and good social capital. I've played club cricket for most of my adult life, but thanks to your show, I've recently realised I hate the game. Last Friday, I went out for a drink to celebrate a friend's birthday. Being a new father, I don't get out much these days, and I ended up blind drunk at 1am, staggering home, woke the whole house up trying to find the toilet, and then the next day was so ill that I had to stay in bed until 10am, considered to be a lie-in these days. Well, it is. Unfortunately, we were playing a meaningless second 11 game two hours away in the afternoon. I had to be picked up by a teammate, still being too drunk to drive. We stopped for a pre-match McDonald's where I threw up in the car park. We also had to pull over twice on the 50-mile trip to the ground so I could be sick. When I got home at 9.30 that night, written actually 21.30, like it is in the Army, my wife was not speaking to me due to my behavior the previous night and the fact I'd been an absent parent all day. I went straight to bed. However, I took fire for against the bottom of the league and gave one of their lads a huge send-off. So my question is, what will it take to make me quit cricket? Yours sincerely, (laughs) Anonymous.
1: Uh, Well, it started out so nicely, this question, then it quickly deteriorated into just a a, a cycle of problematic drinking and uh, and self-hate. Look, I mean, he's asking what will it take to quit cricket. Well, clearly cricket will drive you away from your family if you continue on this
0: in which case you path, might just stay with the game given you've got nothing left anyway
1: yeah well well, exactly yeah if you lose everything your wife you lose custody of your child then maybe only then you'll understand you need to get your shit together and that's when you you know stop paying subs and playing cricket if you are even playing subs
0: i still like i have to say you're sort of waiting for the punchline of the question and then it comes and then it, and then it comes when it says However, I took five for against the bottom of the league. Okay, well done. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, then again, Another I respect brag. that is anonymous. So I hope that answers yeah. your question, Anon.
1: All right. Uh, this one comes from George Condon. He says, Dear Ask TGC, I'm currently over here in the UK doing a season for a local side and recently played in a staff versus old boys match at the prep school. I was a gap student at during my gap year my English girlfriend decided to come and watch the game, in which I notched a classy 58-not-out and was seen as the scary quick, being only person to reach over 110km an hour in this village match, taking three for ten in an MVP performance. Being a specialist keeper who bats nine in second grade back home, how do I explain to my girlfriend, his English girlfriend, I should r- remind you, that I'm not an alpha fast bowler and I'm rather a beta wicket keeper whose suggestion of bowling in a match is met with the same giggle as watching the opposition's best batsman spoon your young off-spinner's half-tracker to the only man on the leg-side boundary the
0: over-before drinks? Cheers, George. OK, uh, so... I, I don't think you have to explain it, George. I mean, it's better. Than...
1: No, I think I think he he does need to explain it, and the only way he can explain it is to take his English girlfriend back home to Australia to watch a game of cricket, meet his his teammates and his family, and then only then, having been able to compare English and Australian club cricket firsthand, primary sources are important, as you know. Only then can she make a reasoned assessment of his virility. Um, I think that's the only way for her to understand truth. Why
0: would George do that? I mean, you know, philosophically speaking, I mean, perception is reality. We've spent a lot of time in the UK mm. playing cricket. And there's a lot of people there mm. who are very bad at cricket at club level, yep. but they live in a bubble or in their own community where they're actually good, and that probably feels really that feels much better than just being uh, a cucked second grader in Sydney yeah. who's actually.
1: So he does his girlfriend. Think that he's an alpha fast. I don't bowler. think, he's he's good for I think his girlfriend thinks anything of it. He just came
0: to one game and he did well, and now he's king yeah. of the house in his own mind. But he's like, oh, how do I explain to her that I'm actually not an alpha fast mm. bowler and
1: I'm really a beta wicketkeeper? Mm. You're not going to do that because you'll be diminished
0: in her eyes forever, and she'll break up with you immediately and rightly so. Ben Ben Drury writes, "All right, troppers, good to get around you blokes tonight." <laughs> oh, this is written. Well, we're in the UK. Top alpha work from aggers to fuck off into the crowd at Baston. So you had to be interviewed by Dan Norcross and his yuck Hawaiian shirts on TMS the other day. Oh, my God. He's, that's, a, that's a muddle of emotions, that, that whole thing. Um, as someone who was picked as first team captain because I've got a Skoda Fabia estate I don't know what that means. And so can a fit a fit the club kit in the boot, and B oh, it's a car. B give a couple of blokes a lift to away matches. I'm acutely aware of my shortcomings as a cricketer. Having started the year with a couple of good knocks against shit Sheffield Fourth Elevens, I'm currently on two ducks in a row. Do I keep batting myself at four in the hope that my dad will see me do something if he ever comes to watch, or do I do the decent thing and bat at nine? Only turning up to whisper abuse at batters much better than me from first slip. Is it in fact more alpha to bat yourself so low down, or does it make me a rare cuck? <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: that was TJC a lot of Bingo. Here. Um, yeah, he really hit all the KPIs there, didn't he? Mm. Um, I'll, ta- I'll take the dad stuff. First. Okay. So what he's, he's saying here that do I keep batting myself at four in the hope that my dad will come and see me do something if he ever comes to watch? Well, if, if you're timing your innings on the basis that your dad might turn up, then you should probably open, <laughs> shouldn't you? Because otherwise, you know, give yourself the most opportunity time-wise to maximise the chance that he might turn up because... You know, Otherwise, your team might win the game one down and you're sitting there with your fucking pads on waiting to bat, which is a more forlorn, desperate image for him to arrive on should he turn up. So I, I, if you're batting anywhere, I'd say open the batting. Um, but you're probably scared of the new ball, as I am, and you probably want to bat yourself down the order. Reframing it as in being alpha to bat yourself so low down, it's not alpha, not in my mm. book. It just means you're bad at cricket. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, normally these questions, when the dad is kind of central to it, will introduce the father early. But this guy had managed to talk about Jonathan Agnew, Dan Norcross's fashion, (laughs) owning a Skoda Fabia estate. The estate bit threw me because there's a lot of old money in England. Uh, You know, club kits, driving, away matches Sheffield, batting four Then the dad comes into play out of nowhere
1: It's a bit of a non-sequitur, isn't it? Because everything else in this question is just laced with aggression Mm. It's not the kind of person that would openly hope that dad would come to watch It's the kind of guy that, you know, maybe comes from a broken home Maybe maybe blazes his own trail, doesn't care where dad is Maybe doesn't know where dad Mm. is That's fine, that's all fine But, you know, to have that insecurity within Mm. all this aggressive... Uh, language within the
0: question is, and, is jarring. and that's what I say Ben because when you write you strike me as someone who cannot be over the age of say twenty or twenty one just with just from a maturity perspective and I, I see your attempts to be self deprecating and that's good I think that's a good sign and we see through generally those. speaking because you know to be humble is to understand that we're, we all we're all you know full of fault as humans uh, however, you, you keep, as soon as you start to get self deprecating, if I'm going to read into this, you then kind of quickly yep. flip back to an alpha perspective. And that's why you end by saying, What is more alpha? Well, in fact, it's not about what is more <laughs> alpha, Ben. It's just about what is more real. Okay, leave the alpha yeah. alone. And when you start getting real, Ben, when you leave the alpha alone, yeah. that, my friend, yeah. is truly alpha. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man, this is fucking. Love song dedication. Exactly. It's fucking rare and wild. We've been two-thirds of the great cricketer. Thanks for tuning in to this altogether differently-toned podcast. It just goes to show we all play our own role, don't we? I mean, when one of us falls away, well, we all uh, suffer and this thing gets worse. Um, but it's been fun. <laughs> Sorry.
1: I do fucking I liked it It was different Maybe I did like it I too I don't, I, I, I don't know What the I'm saying I, I really I did like it mm. Yeah it felt-